Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, May the 11th. This is episode number 149. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? They're going good, Rod. Summer's finally here. It sure is. I think uh, I think we hit like 87 today. <laughs> Turn oh, the air on. <laughs> yeah. well, it's one way or the I'm, other in Ohio. Yeah, I'm enjoying the enjoying the warm weather. Yeah. I don't want, air, yeah. I don't want air conditioning yet. Well, yeah, that's um, that's just how it is here. Um, you know, I'm 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 glad because I was kind of tired of the cold weather, so I'm not going to complain about it. All right. Um, joining us today is our guest. Craig Fountain. Craig is the uh, founder and executive director of Dogs Table. Follow uh, follow Craig at Craig A. Fountain, the Dogs Table at Dogs Table. And you can also check out the show Tuesday nights, I think at eight o'clock. Um, Craig, how are yeah. things going? Outstanding. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I had you on uh, not too long ago um, and uh, just a few weeks ago, in fact. So uh, I'm excited to come on your show and talk some more Browns with you. Yeah. Yeah. I had a great time uh, coming on your show and and, uh, talking Browns like we're going to do tonight. And uh, appreciate that. I caught uh, actually listened to your show today. you know, after, you know, the recording and I appreciate the little shout out you gave us. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you know, Craig, uh, this is your first time on the show, but I know, you know what we do here and that's, uh, we'd like to hear about your Browns fandom. So as a first time guest, we're going to turn the floor over to you and, and, uh, let you share anything you would like to about, uh, your life as a Browns fan. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's super interesting because uh, I come from a, a family of Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And uh, my family originated from the outskirts of Pittsburgh and they moved into Northeast Ohio uh, when my parents were were younger. And uh, their allegiance always stayed with Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I kind of guess it was my my uh my <laughs> i was hell bent on being the black sheep of the family and uh my cleveland browns fandom really uh came from that you know i i was the rebel the rebel of the household uh they gave me all kinds of crap i like to talk crap back to them you know uh we we weren't we weren't supposed to talk politics around the thanksgiving uh thanksgiving table with family so uh it was football arguments over instead of politics but uh <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting because I remember my first Browns game. I was born in 88, so I'm I'm in my early 30s and uh, I was a young child. And the first time I was at a game uh, was before they moved. And I remember being at a Steelers game uh, where Eric Metcalf uh, took took one to the house. And I remember the first time being in a in a stadium and hearing that and, and the reaction of the crowd. And I just fell in love with it. So um you know, I didn't really get to get too deep into fandom because, you know, shortly after that, the Browns left. Uh, and, uh, you know, I I really, really grabbed a hold of my fandom when they came back in 99. I was uh, at the uh, one of the first preseason games. And, and again, I was a teenager by this point uh, when Chris Spielman got injured. I believe they were playing the Lions. And uh, after that, we tried to go to games every so often. My my dad would take me 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with fantasy football. I was collecting football cards and memorizing the backs of them, and I couldn't get enough of the statistics and you know the reading every Sports Illustrated front to back. And you know, I just fell into this diehard fandom that 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 so many people have, and to this day. Um, obviously, you know, creating content revolving around this team and and watching every every Sunday or showing up every Sunday uh, and supporting them. It's just it's a huge part of my life. I think I think sometimes some of us forget how big of a part of our lives this team is. Uh, I can make or make or break our day it can make or break our week, um, especially during the football season. But, uh, you know. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't think that uh, I don't think that that there's anything that will ever push me away from this team at all. Uh, agree, disagree, uh, love, hate things that happen. Um, I'm always going to love my Cleveland Browns and and I'm a diehard. I love my Cleveland Browns. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. Well, through your fandom, you've been through plenty of tests that, uh, you know, if, if you made it this far, you're probably going to stick with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there was there was some temptation uh, uh, when I was a child. We, you had the John Elway Broncos when the Browns still had, you know, the Browns were uh, not around anymore. You had, um, uh, you know, that was kind of my go to. I, I, I rooted for players, not teams. And then when they came back, I was like, all right, this is it. This is it. Got my Tim mm. Couch jersey. Um, you know, we're going for it. Run, William, run. Uh, I can recall even sitting a teenager, you know, uh, when the trivia question comes up, when's the last time the Browns won a season opener? I remember watching Jeff Garcia trot on that field and uh, beating the Ravens 20 to 3. Um, I, I remember those things. Those things stick with me. I remember the uh, the Kelly Holcomb Pittsburgh game a few years before that. It's just, uh, you know, it, it it stays with you. It stays with you, and I love it. I, I, I think that's why I'm a, a big football fan, though. I don't think I'm capable of being a casual fan. Like, I'm not really a baseball or basketball fan. There's too many games. I can't watch every game. Uh, it's a lot to keep up with. Uh, you know, when it comes to football, like, I'll I'll legitimately get upset if I miss a football game, like that's my three, mm -hmm. four hours a week right there. This non-negotiable, uh, you know, of course, all the content creation and all that stuff. Those are, those are ultimately hobbies at the end of the day, but that three to four hours a week where I get to watch my Cleveland Browns, uh, especially during the regular season, that's like a non-negotiable. So fortunately my wife, uh, is on board with that. She loves the Browns as much as I do. She is a converted Steelers fan. It took me quite a while to do that. Um, nice. But interestingly enough, um, you know, she was a pretty casual fan, but she was also a racist Steelers fan. But uh, she sat down when the Browns were on hard knocks with me and she fell in love with the team and fell in love with Baker Mayfield uh, and some of the other guys. And uh, it's it's grown to a level of fandom that, that rivals mine. So it's great to have uh, <laughs> that with a partner. Uh, to where they want to go to the games. They want to watch the games. You know, I walk into the other room sometimes and she's watching a press conference. And I'm like, I didn't know there was a press conference on, <laughs> you know, so so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Craig. Uh, but let's uh, let's take a look at um, at a couple of things in, in the news. Um, 
really not much, but uh, since uh, since the last podcast, I guess uh, um, probably three things stick out to me. That's um, and and I'm not going to talk about either one of the quarterbacks because that's pretty much all all we've been talking about for for <laughs> weeks now. So um, we're going to let those guys sit sit this one out. Um, it came out that Jarvis Landry apparently turned down a one-year offer from the Browns, uh, and the Browns are kind of pulling away on that. Um, it, Jeff, does does any of that surprise you? Do you think the, you think there's much of a chance the Browns are going to pursue Jarvis, and where do you think he might end up now? I think um, Sashi or Sashi Andrew Barry. God, where's my brain tonight? Andrew Barry said, uh, "Thank you very much for your." service a few weeks ago uh, in so many words um yeah. I, I i would really be surprised if if there was a reunion with jarvis um i just think we're you know we're, we're moving in another direction with wide receivers right now and he'll he'll, he'll catch on someplace probably you know later on uh, as teams look to fill out their rosters but um i just don't think there was a fit here anymore so, Craig, do you think there's any chance there with Jarvis? And also, do you believe that the Browns are are considering any free agent wide receiver right now? You know, right now, uh, I don't believe that there's a reunion that's going to happen between the Browns and Jarvis Landry. Um, it sounds like they've had discussions. And you know what? One of the things that was interesting about the reports was not only that they offered him a deal, but Jarvis came back. Uh, reportedly a couple times with some numbers of his own saying, hey, can can we make this work? Um, I saw reports of that, and it was, you know, there's there's just, they must not have been close enough. Now, I don't really buy into the fact that Landry was looking for $20 million a year um, mm-hmm. unless he was testing the waters uh, early in free agency just to see uh, if, we would, if he would get the response that he got, which was that's not happening uh, here yeah. or anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to believe that he believes in himself. He feels like he's worth that kind of money probably, but, um, it it takes two to tango and the Browns reportedly never offered him more than a veteran minimum. Um, again, that's, that's report. I don't know that there's confirmation out there of that. Uh, that seems to signal that, that there's nothing here. And I don't really think the Browns are in on any wide receiver. I think for them to be in on any free agent wide receiver at this point, it would have to be some weird circumstance where somebody hits the market uh, and it wasn't expected. Uh, uh, you know, something ridiculous, a game changer. Um, but, you know, look for Jarvis to find a home in Baltimore or Green Bay or something like that. Uh, he yeah. could reunite with OBJ in either of those places also. Uh, both those teams are, are in need of wide receiver, but Cleveland's not happening. So you th- so you're thinking like after cuts potentially after cut downs um, as far as free agents. Probably yeah, well, you yeah. know, if there if if some team has a falling out with like a like a tier one wide receiver, somebody that would rival Amari Cooper for the starting yeah. job, or clearly yeah. take the wide receiver one spot from Amari Cooper. I, I think that it would be a play, one of those guys that regardless of what your room looks like, uh, any team would investigate adding them. Is that likely to happen? Absolutely not. 
chances probably slim to none. Then, then again, this offseason's been a little nuts so far. We've mm-hmm. seen some crazy things happen, but I, I think I don't think the Browns have any intention of bringing anybody else in. That I, they feel it feels to me like they're content after the draft, uh, after some kind of low key free agency signings, um, and that Amari Cooper trade. I, I think they're comfortable. Yeah, and and we'll get into the wide re- wide receiver position here. Um, how about uh, Jadavian Clowney? Um, it it still feels like it's it's Cleveland or Carolina. Um, how how confident are you? <laughs> and you know, I don't think we really have any idea what he's going to do. But how confident are you that he that he'll end up in Cleveland? And Craig, I'll let, I'll let you take that one first. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, nothing's 100 percent, but my confidence level is in the, the 90, 95 percent range. This is Clowney's M.O. He he always takes his time. I don't think there's anything alarming. I doubt he's threatened by any of the moves we've made. Um, you know, we did and we did add an edge um, in the draft, but it, this is clearly a special opportunity for him. It's probably about the money, and it seems like it's always been about the money with Clowney. He's mm-hmm. flirted with us before. He's turned us down. He finally showed up, and he had one of the best seasons of his career. And, yeah. you know, I think if he's looking for that big payday and he hasn't found it yet, I, I think he probably knows this is his best shot. He's with Miles. Um, you know, he he did really well. I mean, he's not really a pass rusher, but he almost had double-digit sacks last year. Um, he stayed yeah. healthy. We made sure he was productive. He contributed. And, uh, you know, the Browns have obviously done a lot to really go into a win-now mode. So if he wants – if it's about the money, it's about the money. If it's about everything else, it'll happen. So, so Jeff, do you agree with that, or where do you stand on, on Clowney? Yeah, I, I don't think the even the money would preclude him from coming here at this point. Um, you know, we still have plenty of cap space. and. I think the opportunity certainly is uh, a unique one for him um, to maybe get a championship. So he could be that missing piece that we need um, to get us over the hump. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, you know, 85% positive that, that he will sign here eventually um, because I think it's such a great fit for him. And that's probably the player that we need for the next year or two. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a little more unique this season because because uh, there's less certain. I think there's even less certainty at defensive tackle, so I think there's even more need, you know, for for uh, for somebody like him to be able to, he for he and Miles to be able to swing inside occasionally and things like that. So yeah. I feel like it's an even better fit this this season than it would have been last season. So we'll see what happens, guys. The last thing I have to bring up is the Nick Chubb video, just because I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan, like pretty much every other Browns fan is. But I'm sure you guys both saw Nick squatting 675 pounds. Please don't get hurt. What can you say? I mean, he made it look pretty easy. (laughs) I mean, if you can make that look easy. Is that what? Were you guys thinking anything other than please don't get hurt when you saw that? No, that's it. <laughs> oh, that was it. 
it, yeah, it was for me. It was please don't get hurt. But you know, I'm in awe of Nick Chubb and and his physical abilities. And we already know that that from a skill level, he's one of the best pure runners in the NFL. I think that's something that is a consensus thing to say. Um, whether or not he's a top back, top three back, top five back, people can argue that all day long. But as a pure runner, skill wise, he he's there. He's there. Then you add this absurd physical ability onto that, and uh, the strength and 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 his running style. You know, to see him squatting 675 pounds, I, it, it gets me pumped. It's like, I can't wait to see what runs he's going to bust out this year because he wasn't doing that last offseason, at least not that we saw on Instagram. So if this I think guy he's added, keeps getting I think he's stronger. Yeah, he's added some plates, I think. If, if, he's, if this guy's getting stronger and he doesn't lose a step and he's getting be- better and stronger um, – there's there's some defensive players that are going to be hurting this year. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. And we're going to get a lot of exciting highlights out of Nick Chubb. I can't wait. I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? We're talking running back, guys. Let, let's just start with uh, with the running back room and, and, you know, and looking at positions because I think this is one where everybody's kind of scratching their head. You know, with, with uh, all the guys that are, are there and all the talents – um, obviously Nick Chubb's not going anywhere. Um, the rest of the guys, you wonder, um, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, uh, Jerome Ford's going to be on the team. I don't know why they drafted him if he's not going to, not going to be here. So, um, you know, then, then you have Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson. And then, uh, then you come to the question of Demetric Felton and, Kind of what is his position? How are they going to utilize him this year? Is he, you know, is he really running back this season, or is he going to be used more, you know, in the slot or uh, wide receiver? Um, you know, and then the Browns have other guys that are really not going to challenge for um, to make the team. Um, it's, it, you know, it it it's kind of uh, it's kind of surprising on the surface when you see that they drafted Jerome Ford, but then you, but then you, uh, you know, you, you look at the contract he has and the talent he has and, and you just figure that they're looking into the future. So, um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll, we'll let you start with your thoughts on running back, Jeff, and where do you think things are going? Um, I mean, Dearness Johnson right now is, you know, since he didn't get an offer from anybody, he, you know, he's on the Browns, um, for uh, 2.43 million, but that is not guaranteed. That's not a guaranteed contract. So my understanding is they could. I think they can. They can cut him. They can probably trade him. Um, you know. Um, and of course, we know Kareem's status. That he's in the last year of his contract. Um, likes being in Cleveland. Would prefer to stay here. He's due. Uh, I think six around six million this season. Um, and might take a discount to, to stay here. So, so Jeff, what do you think? What do you think's going on? Yeah, we, we talked a little bit last week about how the offense will evolve this year. And I think, you know, with all this depth, it's going to be interesting to see um, what sort of 
contribution they're going to expect from the running back room in in this new you know new style offense that, that we're all expecting. Um, and you know, depending on how that evolves, we could see some of these guys moved. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, either Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson, or maybe both, get moved before the start of the season. And you know, terrific if you know if we can figure out a way to to put points on the board and, and pick up an asset from one of those two guys or both um, for next year. That that's great. Um, I'd love to see all these guys be able to play, but realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, Nick Chubb's going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, and then, you know, you're going to see some combination of these other guys, um, you know, in, in some other creative roles and then yet to be determined. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, if I have betting right now, I would, I would bet that probably Kareem Hunt's going to get traded someplace, um, just because I think he's our most marketable asset. Um, but we have to see how the offense comes together. So Craig, do you, do you expect a big change in the way the running backs are utilized with Watson being the quarterback? You know, I don't think so. I, I think that this offense is going to remain run first. I think, I think we're going to, I think we're going to try to bully teams. Uh, Watson brings that extra element of uh, come from behind play. You know, if we air it out, we can have to, uh, we can probably better utilize, uh, you know, our attack as far as, um, you know, we, we loved, we, we loved the play calling the first year with Kevin Stefanski, right? He kept everybody on this, on their toes. Uh, it seemed like he was playing, you know, there, there's the, the way overused cliche. He's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that ultimately the offense is still going to revolve around the run game. Now, I think that the Jerome Ford pick has more to do with the Ernest Johnson, um, I don't think Johnson's going to be on this team uh, much longer. I don't know if he'll be on the team this year. I, I agree with Jeff. Kareem Hunt is a far more marketable asset. But uh, Dearness Johnson, I mean, he's a solid running back, too. And on some teams, he's got running back one potential. Or for a timeshare, uh, he could end up in a 50-50 split situation somewhere. Um, I, I think he's going to find his way out of town. The Jerome Ford pick... I actually like it. I think I'm in the minority. Um, he's a good change of pace back, good third down pat, uh, third down back. He's he's skilled with his hands. Uh, he's got some breakaway speed. He he's a hard nosed runner, and I think that the plan. I think I think that the plan is Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, Jerome Ford. Um, you know, it, they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to bring Cream Hunt back. You have Nick Chubb until. Uh, 2024. There's an out after the 2023 season for them, but at that point, Nick Chubb's 29. Kareem Hunt is uh, going to be turning 28 next year. They're going to start throwing darts and they're going to start looking for the next guy. I think Felton's definitely more of the hybrid role, right? Like I think I think that he's going to struggle to make this team. You know, they love utility, they love gadgets but he's got to stick out either in the passing game or in the running game and his best bet's the passing game. So we'll see if that plays a role. He could be in trouble after this year. I, I don't see how Demetric Felton makes this team as a running back. I just don't. I, I, he, um, he, and no. he's really not, 
you know, and if you start if you start looking and start doing some research, some some places don't even have him listed as a running back. He's listed as a wide receiver, I believe, on Spot Track. You know, people yeah. are picking up on it. It was always the RB slash <laughs> wide receiver. Now it's just wide receiver. Pretty much everywhere. People know. But the Browns yeah. list him as running back, I believe, still. Um, yeah, he yeah, he's listed as running back, I think I think on the Browns. Um just because they don't have, you know, gadget as a as an official position. So um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um I mean I, I like the guy. He's definitely got potential, but you know, it, it comes down to a matter of how he fits into the to the fifty three man roster and is he one of the best fifty three guys and do you really need that based on the other guys that you have and the skill sets that they have, you know, and what he's able to do. And, you know, if you have, if you have speed and, and, uh, you know, enough skill, skilled players, you don't really need a guy like that. So, um, I think you're, I think Craig, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, he, he could be in trouble, uh, as far as a position on this team. You know, it's it's kind of like a utility infielder in baseball, Rod. I mean, he's he's serviceable at a number of things, mm-hmm. but I mean, you would have to say that that last year probably his number one skill set was as a return man, and the Browns went out and got Jakeem Grant to upgrade the position. So yeah, uh, I I just I have a hard time seeing that you know he takes a job away from anybody else on the roster. I, I tend to agree with you that. Um, you know, unless they just like the versatility um, and and need that at a number of positions, um, it's going to be hard for him to stick. Yeah, I, I think I think you guys are right. So, so um, yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't, I really don't know what's going to happen, but I think I think it's probably likely that Dearness Johnson um, probably moves on just because there isn't room for him. Um, you know, I, I hate to see him go. I really like the guy, but I like all the other guys too. Um, you know, and I, I think Kareem, I think Kareem wants to be here enough that, you know, I think if, I think they may be looking at an extension for him and, you know, and if it's the right extension, they might want to keep him around for a couple more seasons. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see, but you have to figure they had a plan when they drafted Jerome Ford. I I would think, uh, you know, unless uh, you know, unless um, AB is just you know saying, you know, we'll take him because he's the best guy, and we'll figure it out later. You know, I kind of I kind of don't expect that out of him though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, guys, let's uh, let's take a look at the wide receiver room because you know we talked about. Um, we talked about Jarvis and you know and other uh, wide receivers whether they would be on the Browns' radar. I think um, you know this this is still a room. I think if you ask most people, they'd be kind of a little unsure about um, you know as to as to how they felt going into the season. And I think that's because they were you know the Browns add Amari Cooper. Obviously, he's, you know, he's he's a big addition. And then the Browns add, you know, a couple guys in the draft, a couple free agents, a couple undrafted free agents. And, you know, and it's like they've picked all these guys out and they're hoping for somebody to, to step up. You know, it it's kind of feels like things we've seen before. 
but you have a different quarterback. And the question is, do you are they trusting Deshaun Watson? You know that that these guys are going to match better with Deshaun Watson. That he brings out more in a wide receiver than Baker did, and you know, and I don't want to get into that whole discussion, but the whole question is, how does this wide receiver room look right now? You know, compared to what we've seen in the past, and and how are you guys really feeling about it? So, you know, you've got Amari Cooper, um, who's going to make the team, obviously uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, David Bell's going to make the team. Uh, Jakeem Grant's going to make the team. I think those guys are all a lock, I would say. And then, um, and then you're into Anthony Schwartz, who's uh, probably uh, pretty likely to make the team. And then, you know, and then there's a bunch of other guys. So um, uh, Jamarcus Bradley, um, uh, Javon Wims, who they signed as a free agent. Um, Michael Woods, the uh, draft pick, and Isaiah Weston, who's who's getting some buzz as an undrafted free agent, um, 6'4", 210, with a nice time in the 40. A lot of people are putting him on the team already, so um, don't know what you guys think about him, but uh, uh, definitely has some some nice tools at 6'4", 210. Um, how, how do you guys feel about this? about this room and Craig, I'll let you go first on the wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, I think we know where the locks are with Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, David Bell, uh, Jakeem Grant, like you said, by virtue of, uh, being, you know, presumably, uh, the return guy, no reason why he wouldn't be. I mean, he might be the best, uh, special teams prospect we we've had since Josh Cribbs when it comes to returning kicks, uh, in punts. So, uh, those guys are kind of a lock. David Bell, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't spend that pick if he's not on the team. Anthony Schwartz might be in a little be in a little bit of trouble here, and uh, we knew he was a developmental prospect, but uh, this is this is going to be uh, a thing where uh, good good players are good potential is going to leave the team due to being crowded because we have a good roster. Anthony Schwartz might be one of those guys. Um, a lot of people are, are panicking over this room. Um, I, I'm, I'm not super confident. Like this is the best room that we could assemble, but it's good enough to me that if Andrew Barry feels it's good enough, like, like I'm cool with it. Like, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with it. So I don't know about Weston. Uh, you got, uh, Javon Wims probably isn't going to make the team, um, he's definitely a, a depth piece or a camp piece for now. Um, mm. you know, you brought up Weston. I don't know. You have Mike Woods. We picked up Mike Woods in round six. Uh, he's another developmental guy. It, it might come down to who's got the highest ceiling. Like who are we going to invest our time in money into developing when it comes down to the bottom of this wide receiver room, mm. these guys all have their pros and cons. So it's definitely going to be who can we develop? Who are we going to get the, the most out of? Who has the high ceiling? Who should we invest a roster spot in? These roster, these roster spots are so important on a team like this. Um, we're not at a point anymore where we can just stash guys on the 53. You know, no, you have to no. hope you can get them to your practice squad. And even then, you know, 
we we already kind of saw that last year. You, there's no guarantee you're going to get the stash guys on your practice squad either. Um, it's a crowded room. What's interesting is there's no clear cut after like the top three guys. And the fourth guy is really only clear cut because he's a special team standout. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that training camp in preseason. So, so Jeff, in the, I would say the last, the last two seasons, we've, we've talked about this room and the thought was, you know, with the Browns being a tight end heavy, uh, you know, passing team and run heavy and tight end, you know, in the passing game that the, even past the first two wide receivers, the room really didn't matter that much. Um, how much difference does that make now? And, you know, how much action do you expect, you know, wide, re- you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five mm. to get on, on the team this season? Yeah, last year, uh, wide receivers one and two had just north of 400 yards, right? Um, Not what we thought. Yeah, we handed the ball off a lot. We threw to the tight end a lot. Um, We have two tight ends on the roster this year. Uh, David Njoku is on the franchise tag, um, and Harrison Bryant is in year three, am I right, of his rookie deal? Yeah, three. Um, So – and, and beyond that, you've got, you know, sort of a bunch of camp bodies. Um, so, um, again, I, I'm just I'm having a hard time rationalizing that the Browns went out and spent a bazillion dollars on Deshaun Watson to hand the ball off and throw short passes like we saw the last couple seasons. Um, I think this offense has to open up. I think we have to be a high scoring offense because that's what the NFL is now. Um, and you know, you can save that ball control for, for when you get a big lead, let's, let's go out and get a 20 point lead and then let's hand the ball to Nick Chubb. Okay. So I think what we're looking at in the wide receiver room, um, we need to have productive guys. And and you heard Andrew Barry talking about how production comes in different ways. And I think what we have right now are some really complementary pieces, at least on paper. Okay, when you look at the speed of Anthony Schwartz and the, and the, the uh, possession capabilities of David Bell, um, you know, the, the game-breaking ability of a couple guys versus the, you know, get the tough yardage. I think you have to have a, a bunch of different options within those different molds and then see who can actually produce. And, and, to my way of thinking, if I look, look at, the, at the, this room right now, I don't think wide receiver number four is on the roster yet. And that wide receiver four might end up being wide receiver two or three by the end of the season. Um, I think they're going to continue to look to upgrade this this position. And it could come down to, like we talked before about, you know, you know crazy guy that you didn't expect to be available um, to be able to add him at some point in the season. Um, But we've got to be a passing offense this year. We've just, we've got to throw the ball better than we have in the past. That's why we upgraded the quarterback position. Um, That's why we've completely revamped the the wide receiver room. Um, And I don't think we're done yet in terms of, you know, who, who are going to be on the first 53. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Andrew Barry is is praying every night that either Isaiah Weston or Javon Wims just plays his butt just off. Just falls camp. out. And because they're they're six four two ten two fifteen, and they would just love to have a guy like that, <laughs> you know, um, you know, on the team. I mean, the other guys have some size, but you know, not not quite like that. I mean, um, you know, Jeff, you well, used both to guys talk we about, went with in the draft are six one. You know, I yeah. it was yeah. Do you, do you think height was one. a priority for them? I I think so. Yeah, they're they're trying to get taller. I mean, you know, um, Jeff. Jeff and I kind of had a standing joke that everybody the Browns picked up, you know, every wide receiver was 5'11", you know, for a long time they were. Um, now pretty much every guy they've got is, uh, you know, is, is six foot or, or taller. I think that's the case. Every, every, I mean, I'm not counting Shaquem Grant, but every other uh, wide receiver on the roster is, is, over, is six foot or taller. Yeah, so we, we talked last week about why we added Barton Emerson, okay, to match up with some of the other guys in the division. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, while, while size isn't necessarily a skill, um, it does create some matchup problems. And, you know, that's what you're looking to do in a high-scoring offense is, is take advantage of those matchups. Um, so, yeah, when you look at different, different guys with different skill sets – um, that's certainly what you're trying to accomplish. You know, you, you're, you look at what the, what the Chiefs do with, you know, Kelsey uh, as, as the big target, okay, and then uh, until recently they had the little target. Okay, now um, I think you look for those kinds of things in, in your roster makeup, and then it's up to the coaching staff to go out and, you know, be creative with it, turn it into points. Yeah, and that's true. Um, you know, guys, I mean, I'm not panicking about the wide receiver room just because the Browns do have – Guys like Demetric Felton and and um, you know and Kareem Hunt, uh, guys like this who can jump into the slot and, right. and be as good as any of those guys. Um, yeah. You know, so I kind of feel like like the Browns are are you know okay, and and I would love to see them sign another vet, you know, um, just for the experience, but right. uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I like that they've added the size and, um, yeah, we'll see. So, so guys, let's, uh, let, let's talk, um, let's go to the defensive line because I think this is where there was a lot of concern and the Browns have made some moves, um, brought a lot of guys in. I don't know if all the, uh, I don't know if all the, uh, UDFAs are on this list or not, but um, defensive end. Yeah, yeah, okay, I do have everybody on this list. Um, you guys know how it is trying to find a uh, a roster breakdown this time of year. <laughs> um, it's kind of tough. I I I have one here that I think has everybody on it, but I'm I'm still um, not quite sure. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, defensive end. The Browns have uh, what seven defensive ends on the roster right now. So uh, we got Miles, um, and uh, I'm trying to go with guys that they had first: uh, Curtis Weaver, Chase Winovich, and then they drafted um, Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas, and then they have uh, Isaac Rochelle and Stephen Weatherly. 
who they signed as free agents. I think that's everybody. They yep. name everybody. So yeah. um, just a defensive end. I mean, uh, how do you guys how do you guys see defensive end, and how are you feeling about that? I mean, I know we all want Clowney on the team, but uh, you know, it kind of feels like uh, like it'd be Miles and kind of a rotation on the other side right now. So, so Craig, how are you feeling about defensive end if the Browns had to go forward with with what they have right now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, obviously you have Miles on the one side. That's that's just not going to change. On the other side, I think that if Clowney doesn't re-sign, you're going to be looking at Weatherly and Winovich, Winovich over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that Rochelle makes the 53. Um, he's an easy guy to root for. I'm not sure Browns are ready for his, uh, the Browns fans are ready for his social media, uh, <laughs> presence. Um, you know, uh, Mac Wilson probably gave him a heads up on that, but, uh, you know, Alex Wright is going to be over there behind, uh, these guys along with Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, I, this, it, it would look so much better having Clowney on the other side. I mean, it, you know, there's just, there's just, I, I keep looking at it and it's like, we, we need Clowney on the other side. Um, not trying to take a shot at these other guys, but I mean, I mean, it just, that transforms everything that changes everything. It, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It just, I was just going to say, it's just, it, it's just, it's, it's stacked. If you put Clowney there with the, with the other guys as, as second teamers, it just looks so strong to me. Yeah. And both, both Weatherly and Winovich have flashed. Um, both have their upsides, but they they have downsides. I think Winovich is going to surprise a lot of people more so than Weatherly. Um, I think this could be a great system for Winovich. I th- I think we're going to see him uh, rushing the passer quite a bit. I think we're going to see a lot of him in opposing backfields. Excellent, um, Jeff. What do you think? Could this be the season that we finally see? Curtis Weaver surface. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold my breath. But so I much, hate. To, so I mean, the promise. guy's still on the roster. You know, and yeah. there's got to be a reason, right? Yeah. So much promise. Um, He's the Jordan Norwood of defensive linemen, right? <laughs> Been I mean, a while since we've heard that one, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> secure reference there. Um, oh, he always seemed like he could be the guy, <laughs> uh, like a breakout, like a surprise guy. He just never, never did until yeah. he left town. No, you're right. right. Sorry the, about that. The, um, <laughs> absolutely. This, this, this group looks a lot, lot better if, if Clowney becomes a part of it. Um, but you know what? I, I don't think you're in terrible shape if that doesn't happen. Um, it's all about, can we get enough pressure across the whole D line? Yeah, so um, so helping those guys would be uh, the defensive tackles, and we have a few more of those on the roster now. Let's see, I'm, I'm counting, um, I'm counting six defensive tackles. Hopefully that's correct. Uh, Taven Bryan, Sheldon Day, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, uh, Perion Winfrey, who everybody loves, yes. and Glenn Logan. That was a, a UDFA. So. Um, also, Roderick Perry. Roderick Perry. Okay, I did not get him. So, okay, so we got so we got seven, seven DTs. Um, yeah. Last year I mean, we went in with ten, right? Ten, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's not it. You know, Perry on Winfrey really makes that group seem stronger. And I mean, we're putting a lot of, 
you know, uh, you know, a lot of hope in Perry and Winfrey. Um, right. right. You know, what round was he drafted in? The the fifth? fourth. 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 Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and trust me, I, I you know, I I think the guy's going to be, I think he's going to really be a player, but um, you know, I don't know if he will be right off the bat or if it's going to take him a little time to settle in, you know, and learn what he's doing against, you know, in the NFL. But um, you know, I'm sure glad we got him. But yeah. um, you know, I I, I think he's going to see some time. So, what do you guys think? How do you feel about DT right now? Do you think, um, you know, do you think do you think they're still looking at free agents, uh, defensive tackle, Jeff? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, I think this is the year again that we need to see Jordan Elliott arise to the occasion. Um, yeah. You know, in in his this is year three for him as well. Um, yeah. So you know, he he needs to actually surface, or the Browns are going to have to cut bait eventually. You know, um, I think with the rest of the guys, you you pretty much know what you're getting. Um, I think Taven Bryan's probably got some upside still, although he's never really developed as you know to to his pedigree. Um, mm-hmm. The guy that might surprise uh, could be Glenn Logan. He could end up winning a, a roster spot as a as a free agent as a UDFA, yeah, um, just because we don't have we don't have proven depth at this position. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the versatility of Perry and Winfrey is something that um, I'm looking forward again to seeing how Joe Woods can utilize that. Um, the rest of these guys, um, uh, you know. Hopefully, like I said, we, we get what we what we have been looking for from Jordan Elliott, uh, and the rest of these guys have a rotation role. And um, you know, if somebody else pops up, I'm sure that Andrew Berry is going to be looking to add to this to this group. How do you feel, Craig? You know, I uh, I think Winfrey is going to have an impact right away. I don't I don't know, you know, Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott, Sheldon Day. Uh, I think Jordan Elliott and Sheldon Day are kind of on the back end here, it, along with Togi. I, I, are you guys nervous about Togi? I like just Togi. Togi is not guaranteed a roster spot at this point. Uh, I, I don't, don't have, think, I don't like, have a whole lot of confidence there. No, yeah, I, yeah. you know, which picked, is unfortunate. when they picked him last year, I didn't really understand the pick. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things we didn't get. We didn't get to see a whole lot of them. Uh, I, I'll be upfront. I'm not a huge college football fan. Um, I didn't watch a lot of him. Uh, I'm not an Ohio State fan either, so it's not like one of those things where I was keyed in on this guy. Um, I hope he does well. I have a lot of his autographs, uh, a lot of rookie cards and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, you know, it it just seems like they have to be investigating adding somebody else to this. Um, but really, you know, what, what you were saying, you know, with Winfrey making this group look stronger, I mean, the idea of having, uh, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney and Winfrey on the same line, the violence that's going to take place in the trenches is going to be really fun to watch because that's really what these guys do is, is they are violent, violent football players. Um, Hmm. and you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what we like to see out of our Browns, right? That, that kind of, uh, lends to the style of defense we want to see. We want to see the violence, the intensity. Um, and yeah, they could, they could definitely cause some problems, but you know, I'm, I'm with you guys. If they, if they can upgrade, surely they're keeping an eye out every single day 
looking at an opportunity to make make the line better but it, it's still in my opinion the weakest spot on this team position group wise yeah i mean you really don't have any idea who the starters are going to be and you're kind of counting on uh, kind of counting on counting on winfrey to be one of the starters you're really hoping that that he looks good enough you know to start day one because yeah i mean um you know i mean Taven bryan could be a starter um, Jordan Elliott, you hope he's going to be, you know, could be a starter. Um, if Sheldon Day has to start, you probably, uh, that's okay, you know, but um, it's really not what you're hoping for. So, um, yeah, yeah, I kind of, kind of would like to see him bring somebody else in, and if not, man, I, I hope, uh, I hope some of these guys really get fired up. I hope Perry and Winfrey, um, I hope what. I hope what he brings to the table is contagious. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see what uh, we can cover. Probably one more one more segment. Um, you know, you know what's? I was going to go to cornerback guys, but um, I don't really know how how interesting that is. I mean, the Browns pretty much uh, drafted Emerson. You know, and um, and you know, and then traded Troy Hill. Otherwise, it's it's kind of the same as what we had last year. Um, what what do you get? Let's just talk in general about the secondary, uh, because you know the only thing about the secondary is uh, there there's still some guys there that are on one year contracts. I mean, we got three. We've got three corners that are signed for a while. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I guess some of the safeties are signed for a while now, too. Um, John Johnson, Grant Delpit. Um, Jeff, I'm just going to turn this over to you. Um, how do you feel about the about the secondary going forward? You, you know, even past this season, um, you know, and the development of it. Um, you know, there's still a question about free safety. Um, I guess there's probably a question as to how much, uh, you know, how much um, Emerson's going to play this season. Do you think he's going to be forced into a role and things like that? So what are some of your thoughts on the secondary? Well, I think the key to the secondary and the, the really what was the stumbling block last year was we never had three healthy safeties. And, and if Joe Woods can ever implement his three safety approach because all three guys are on the field or available at the same time, uh, I think we'll see a different secondary. Um, with that said, uh, the, the secondary was the strength of our defense toward the end of last year. And, mm -hmm. and when, Den when Denzel Ward is healthy and on the field, uh, he has the ability to completely impact a game in so many different ways where, you know, he, he can just take over the game. And with, with all the other depth that we now have in the secondary, I think that that frees him up to be able to do that. So um, I'm pretty excited to see how the secondary can sort of come together, gel and, and be a little bit more opportunistic this year. You know, I thought they were pretty opportunistic last year, but um, I'd like to see us be that kind of defense that um, the secondary really creates the turnovers. Um, and, and I think we've got the personnel to do that. Um, it's just a matter of everybody being healthy. 
Uh, Craig, what are your thoughts, and do you expect the secondary to look even better this year? Yeah, you know, the biggest question mark to me, I in well, let me start with this, because you mentioned the cornerback's not a whole lot. Uh, uh, it's not real interesting uh, when it comes to conversation. We we know it's going to be Ward, Newsom, Wilson, or I'm sorry, Williams and Emerson. Um, I think A.J. Green's the next guy after that. Um mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think they've got to have some pride in what they've done with him and how they've developed him. But when it comes to safety, you have John Johnson, who was, uh, you know, one of the highlights of our offseason last year. And I don't know that he met expectations or really came even close. You know, it was definitely disappointing um, yeah. to see where he was at last year. And, uh, you know, that's that's something we're going to work through this year. Um, you know, we traded off Troy Hill, but. Uh, John Johnson, we gave a pretty pretty good sized deal to. I mean, his dead cap this year is over twenty million dollars, um, and then there's an out after this year, and then he's with the team next year, and he's got a twelve plus million uh, dead cap next year. Um, so he's either going to play really well for us, and uh, we're going to be happy to have him, or we're going to be stuck <laughs> for the most part stuck with him or some money. I, I would really like to see him take a step forward this year after that i mean grant delpit we want to see him to continue to elevate and and uh he's he's done he's shown some encouraging things uh since coming back from his injury and uh after that i mean i mean we have ronnie harrison jr mixed results out of him (laughs) mixed results out of him uh lecount uh is an intriguing guy lecount's an intriguing guy um, hopefully we can elevate him. And then after that, um, we have name those nameless gray faces, so to speak, um, where there's yeah. not, there's not a whole lot to get excited about really, if you ask me. So I would expect a step forward with Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, and Grant Delpit, uh, and John Johnson being back, same unit playing together, cohesiveness, uh, the camaraderie back there, another year in the system. Uh, we're past all the COVID stuff, we hope. Um, you know, beyond that, I would just like to see see some great play. Uh, some of these guys step up. Uh, the Ronnie Harrisons, the Richard LeCounts. I want to see those guys step up. So I would, I would say, to answer your question, yeah, I think we'll see some improvement. But, uh, you know, we know, we know who the guys are. John Johnson's the one that's really gotta gotta prove he belongs, especially with with what we're paying him. But uh, yeah, yeah, those are my that's my thoughts on the secondary. You know, Rod, real quick, I think we we throw Martin Emerson into the mix of six guys uh, in Ward, Delpit, Johnson, Newsom, Williams, and Harrison. Throw Emerson into that mix. That's seven guys that you would think would be able to start on most teams. Um, it's pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, Absolutely. you know, to say that, well, AJ green is, is the next guy. And I think he's on the cusp of that. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot to like there as a slot. Um, so he was one of PFF's highest graded players in a secondary. Now I know yeah. PFF only carries so much weight, but when you're looking at a guy like A.J. Green, where he came from and the opportunity he's been giving, and he's buried behind some serious talent. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. what he's done with the snaps he's taken, not to interrupt, I apologize for interrupting, but like Sorry. what he's done with the snaps he's been giving is given is phenomenal. Yeah, no doubt. 
no doubt. And, I, and again, I think it's about you know the right matchups and and being able to to implement the system that you know we are looking to implement. So keep these guys healthy, and 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 that's always the question mark with with defensive backs is you know they're they're going to miss games, so you need you need that extra guy or several guys um, for those games you know that are going to be lost to injury. So, uh, but all in all, I I feel really good about the the room and you know and the talent that's there it's just you know trying to keep all of them on the field yeah it, it kind of feels like they like they like they like richard lecount too um you know he didn't have his head on straight last season you know after after looking good in the preseason so he really didn't play much yeah um but he i got don't the dog feel like a little bit i'm sorry he got in the doghouse a little bit he did he did yeah um you know, but I, I think they like what he brings. And, you know, I think they I think they still want him to step up and be that free safety. You know, when they when they want to treat free safety on the field, it kind of feels like that because I don't know that the other guys are really free safeties. So uh, I think he's he'll be an interesting guy to watch to see how they use him and what they do with him and and, uh, you know, how much playing time he gets in the preseason and, you know, and, uh, I think that's a lot of the, the reason for the, the struggles of, of JJ three last year was that he was really not in a comfortable position. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, one last thing, guys, how, how excited are you about the upgrades to the special teams? Cause the Browns have remade their special teams, new kicker, <laughs> new punter, new Woo-hoo! return man. Um, I mean, this could really make it, you know, make a difference in some games. We might not have to go for it on fourth and three anymore from the 20 yard line. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. So um, hopefully, you know, hopefully Cade York is uh, around for a long time. Let's just put it. I really, way. I really like the Cade York pick, it, you know, the national media in particular is really like, they're really trashing that as one of the worst picks of the entire draft. But you know what, <laughs> if, if they like the guy, if they like the guy enough to take him at four, he's really kind of a uh, icing on the cake kind of guy because it, we we traded that second round pick to Houston. They they took Mechie with that pick. In return, we got Emerson, Cade York, and Winfrey out of yeah. that. Yeah, so I'll do that even every day. if we got yeah, absolutely. Even if it was just Winfrey and Emerson out of that, I would have been like, okay, I'm down with that. Throw a kicker that potentially solves our problem. Um, you know. <laughs> we bring in a kicker that, that we believe can get it done. We, we, we bring in a punter. Um, I really wish Gillen worked out. I love Gillen as a person, yeah. as a personality, yeah. um, the Scottish hammer. I mean, who didn't love him? But I mean, we brought in a talented punter. You have Jakeem Grant, who I said earlier, you know, kind of like that, that guy that's probably the most electric return guy we've had on the roster. Uh, he hasn't done anything yet, but he's got that potential as a returner. And then of course we have Charlie Hewlett uh, returning. So like this special teams unit is just so much better on, on paper than it was last year. Now we've seen kickers, 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 a tough position mentally. Um, you know, hopefully he takes that Evan McPherson route, the uh, <laughs> Janikowski route where he can live up to the hype and not end up like a, a certain Tampa Bay second round pick. So hopefully he's the right guy. 
He, he well, seems they, to have his head on straight. Go ahead, Jeff. They've removed the barriers, right? I mean, he's he's got the job. He just has to come in and 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 do what he's capable of doing. And worst case scenario, um, you know, the kid struggles, doesn't work out, and we go out and bring somebody in, and we're no worse off than we were last year. So well, I'm all for it. You almost have I'm nothing to it. lose. Yeah, I'm all for it. And, and you're right. They, yeah. they, when they remove barriers too, like they wasted no time. Like a couple days following that pick, they're like, we're releasing all other kickers on the roster. There's yeah. no need for them to yeah. be here. We have complete faith in this guy. It's your job. Don't F it up. Yeah. Let's go. You yeah. know, let's, and, let's and, go and watching and make, that make, guy. <laughs> make extra points and field goals instead of, you know, turning the ball over on fourth down. <laughs> it would, I mean, what a <laughs> he was 99%, I believe. I don't think he was 100%. I think he was like 98 or 99% on extra points throughout his collegiate career. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think he was an 86% kicker. But uh, those 50 to 60-yard field goals he had success in. There was, there's one, if you go on Twitter and search it up or YouTube and search, um, there's one where you could hardly see the uprights in the fog on a 57-yarder that he just nailed. Like that, I, I love that for Cleveland, and I love that he's already had Phil Dawson on the phone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And people can knock the kick, but if the Browns hadn't taken him there, you know he would have been gone like within ten to fifteen spots. Somebody was taking him in the yeah. in the fourth, early fifth. He was going to be taken. Yeah. So, but bottom line is, we needed a kicker. We needed to solve the kicking problem, and our and our coaching staff needed yeah. to have confidence in the kicker. There was nothing more painfully obvious last year than the fact that our coaching staff had no confidence in our kicker. <laughs> and you, yeah, can't so, operate, you can't operate an NFL offense that way. Yeah, fourth round is not too high to take a kicker when, when you're in the division that the Browns are in, especially. Sure. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Uh, I tell you what, Craig, let's, uh, I'm, I want to let you give your information out one more time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Craig A. Fountain. And uh, I, I I host the Dogs Table uh, at Dogs Table on Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Dogs Table on YouTube. We are a live streamed Browns roundtable discussion show. Anybody can join. Uh, if you're on Twitter, if you participate in Twitter spaces, we're kind of like that, but we are a video version of it. Um, I also host a NFL podcast called uh gingers talk football with my brother from another mother literally uh that's a real thing and uh we we talk the entire landscape of the nfl and uh while you're following the dogs table check out our articles we recently launched a uh, website uh we bring you news analysis uh things like that dogstable.com so i appreciate you letting me plug those rod and thanks for having me on the show i had a blast talking browns with you guys Absolutely. Um, any other closing thoughts you'd like to leave everybody with, Craig? Oh, man. I, you know, I, I think we covered a good, uh, a good scope of things. You know, there's really not a whole lot um, uh, that we're leaving on the table here, but uh, no, no, not in particular. I don't have anything else to bring to the table, I don't think. Okay. So I, I left the host of of the dog's table speechless excellent oh so, yes there's a first time for everything first, there's a time. first time for everything all right uh jeff you have any closing thoughts uh, yeah you know there aren't 
many question marks on this roster right now. Um, you know, we can do a much deeper dive by position, but I don't think we would find many question marks um, beyond, you know, going out and getting J- Jadavian Clowney, Clowney signed um, to address that hole. Um, the only other real question mark on this roster right now is the availability of our starting quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we're ready to go. We're ready to play right now. Anything that happens in the next several months to improve this roster will only be icing on the cake. And I think this this team is ready to win now. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.